and welcome to Sacred Stories, a podcast by the Office for Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats in Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. Sacred Stories is hosted by Reverend Dustin Pickett, Elizabeth Montgomery, Megan Crowley, Rachel Bell, and myself, Mike Bennett. Join us every other week as a member of the UD community shares how their story intersects with a reading from a sacred text and encourages us to explore that same intersection in our own life. Hi, Jack Dalton here. I am a senior from Dayton, Ohio, majoring in mathematics and high school math education. Two quick fun facts about me. In high school, I really enjoyed cross country and track and had the opportunity to compete at the state tournament for the 1600 meter race. And mathematics was not my first choice of major at UD. I actually had a lot of anxiety over math in early high school. But once one of my teachers made a personal connection between the math and my life, I fell in love with math as something of beauty. I am involved with campus ministry as a lead math coordinator. I have really enjoyed assisting with liturgies large and small and helping those in the UD community to nourish their faith through liturgy. The story I want to share with you today is from Parker J. Palmer's book, Let Your Life Speak. Palmer recounts his vocational discernment in the chapter titled, Now I Become Myself. And Palmer says, I took a year-long sabbatical from my work in Washington and went to a place called Pendle Hill outside of Philadelphia. Founded in 1930, Pendle Hill is a Quaker living and learning community of some 70 people whose mission is to offer education about the inner journey, nonviolent social change, and the connection between the two. It is a real-time experiment in Quaker faith and practice where residents move through a daily round of communal life, worshiping in silence each morning, sharing three meals a day, engaging in study, physical work, decision-making, and social outreach. It is a commune, an ashram, a monastery, a zendo, a kibbutz. Whatever one calls it, Pendle Hill was a life unlike anything I had ever known. Moving there was like moving to Mars, utterly alien but profoundly compelling. I thought I would stay for just a year and then go back to Washington and resume my work. But before my sabbatical ended, I was invited to become Pendle Hill's Dean of Studies. I stayed on for another decade, living in community and continuing my experiment with alternative models of education. It was a transforming passage for me, personally, professionally, and spiritually. In retrospect, I know how impoverished I would have been without it. But early on in that passage, I began to have deep and painful doubts about the trajectory of my vocation. Though I felt called to stay at Pendle Hill, I also feared that I had stepped off the edge of the known world and was at risk of disappearing professionally. Family and friends were asking me, and I was asking myself, why did you get a PhD if this is what you are going to do? Aren't you squandering your opportunities and gifts? Under that sort of scrutiny, my vocational decision felt wasteful and ridiculous. What's more, it was terrifying to an ego like mine that I had no desire to disappear and become well-known. Did I want to go to Pendle Hill, to be at Pendle Hill, 
to stay at Pendle Hill? I cannot say that I did. But I can say with certainty that Pendle Hill was something that I couldn't not do. Vocation at its deepest level is not, oh boy, do I want to go to this strange place where I have to learn a new way to live and where no one, including me, understands what I'm doing? Vocation at its deepest level is, this is something that I can't not do for reasons I'm unable to explain to anyone else and don't fully understand myself, but that are nonetheless compelling. And yet, even with this level of motivation, my doubts multiplied. One day, I walked from Pendle Hill through the woods to a nearby college campus, out for a simple stroll, carrying my anxiety with me. On some forgotten whim, I went into the college's main administration building. There in the foyer hung several stern portraits of past presidents of that institution. One of them was the same man who, as president of another institution, had come out to Berkeley to recruit me for his board of trustees. A man who, in my imagination, was now staring down at me with a deeply disapproving look on his face. What do you think you're up to? Why are you wasting your time? Get back on track before it is too late. I ran from that building back into the woods and wept for a long time. I selected this text because of the season of life I feel I'm currently in right now. As a senior in college staring down impending graduation, I carry a lot of joys from the past years that I've been on campus. I also carry anxiety about what the future holds as I discern where I'm being called to in my life. I mentioned that I'm majoring in high school math education, but I don't feel particularly called to teach right now which leaves me feeling like I'm in a strange place. After talking with a faculty member in the education department about this lack of a calling to teach, she posed to me a question which now hangs on the bulletin board next to my desk. Where in your life will you have service to others? This question has been on my heart every day since that conversation. As I have looked at my other postgraduate options, this question has been present every step of the way. I have asked myself, where will I have service to others through mathematical research? Where will I have service to others through graduate school? Where will I have service to others in a year of service? For some of these options, the answer may be pretty obvious. For other options, the answer is not obvious to me. I imagine this is what Palmer may have experienced during his time at Pendle Hill. All of the options I have listed are great options. There is no right or wrong choice. But I fear by choosing one of my options that I forever seal off the goodness in the other options. I believe there are multiple avenues for individuals to live out their vocation. And that vocation is not necessarily tethered to your career. What's frightening to me is the unknown in this part of my life. During this time of ambiguity, I have found peace in discerning as the Marianists might discern. Being at UD for the past four years and going to a Marianist high school for the four years before that, some aspects of the Marianist charism have seeped into my faith life. One of these aspects is reading the signs of the times. As I continue my discernment and ask myself and God, where in my life will I have service to others? I also ask myself every day, 
What is going on in the world around me? And how can I respond with my gifts, actions, and faith? This part of my discernment has taken place in the form of going on walks with dear friends and roommates and hearing how they have heard God's call in their life, whether it be the large decisions or the everyday decisions. I see God deeply present in the relationships I have with others. So reaching out to others during this time has provided me with a plethora of opportunities to be reminded of God's presence in my discernment. While there is no solid resolution to this postgraduate question for me, what I have found is a way to find peace in the unknown through the Marianist charism. Even beyond this period of my life, there will always be moments of ambiguity and uncertainty with where God is calling me to be. I place my trust in God through the example of the Marianist charism. I invite you to reflect on two questions. First, where in your life do you have service to others? And second, how does your daily vocation call you to be in service of others? I would also like to close out with a prayer by Daniel Jordan called Small Moments. This prayer reminds me to also read the little signs of the times in everyday life. You who stir in the depths of our beings, inspire us to see your vision. Like blessed Shamanad before the small statue of Our Lady of the Pillar, ground us to the appropriate size. May we never be too boastful or grandiose to see clearly the path before us, your great grandeur and the smallest details of life. The widow in need, the orphan yearning for a home, the beggar at the city gate, the child at play. Transform us to provide for the least of our brothers and sisters. For your lowly and humble servant, Mary, had found favor with you. In her littleness and openness, she transformed society through your overpowering presence. This small pillar in her honor and the faithful heart of Blessed Shamanad inspired us into being a family. May we too be inspired to see visions and possibilities through attentiveness to you, our God. For small loaves and fishes sustain, a tiny mustard seed bears a rich yield, and a lowly virgin has birthed the Savior. Nothing is impossible through you, O Lord. Thanks for listening to Sacred Stories, produced by Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. Our theme music is by Scott Paplow, Campus Minister for Liturgical Music. We give a special shout-out to Riley Harrington and Sammy Niewoner, undergraduate assistants in the Office for Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats, who support the work of this podcast. We invite you to rate and review us wherever you may be listening to this podcast so that it's easier for others to find. Additionally, please consider subscribing to our podcast 
so that you might receive notifications of when new episodes are released. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as our Campus Ministry website. We hope this and future episodes help inspire you to explore the sacred experiences and intersections with your own life journey. If there are ways we can support and accompany you in your journey of faith, please reach out to us. You can learn more about campus ministry on our website, udayton.edu slash ministry, our Instagram, which is at udcampusministry, and our Facebook. Check out our videos on our Campus Ministry YouTube channel and our upcoming events for undergraduate students on 1850. Peace and God bless.